When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sip on the go with a Starbucks iced shaken espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. Target's new Red Card Reloadable saves you 5% every Target trip, in-store and online, and doesn't require a bank account or credit check to get approved. Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. Restrictions apply. This is Jake Brennan from Disgraceland, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. Rock and roll. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, welcome back once again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon. Pleased, as always, to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, this is episode 42. We're calling this the ACDC Family. Uh, it's a little bit like uh, the episode we had on Rush, where it was more of a, if you like Rush, I mean, there's a whole series of books uh, that were called these. I almost did one at one point, uh, put out by Backbeat uh, Books. Um, so it's an if you like kind of thing. If you like this band, these are bands that are similar. The Rush one got a little little bit more arty to it. Uh, this one is more bands that are similar to ACDC. Um, we've got a cool little uh, industry email group and we had this discussion uh, a couple weeks ago uh, who fits into the ACDC family there's a couple ways to look at this Um, you could be Australian hard rock bands maybe associated with Vanda Young maybe uh, out on Albert Records uh, which is the Australian label that launches uh, some of these bands or or, you know it's out there first and then they get deals outside of uh, Australia and they're not on Albert so there's one way or bands that sound like them um, which is kind of what we're doing. Uh, as you'll hear, I've kind of had enough to put these bands authentically in a historical context, i.e. they're fairly early bands. Uh, and then I'm going to mention some other bands later on from some other scenes that also fit this sort of thing. So it's a good meaty episode with, uh, with a lot of bands mentioned, but of course, you know, our rule here is we've got the five and those are the five that we're going to talk about in a fair bit of 
detail. Okay, so let's go with our first one right now. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Rose Tattoo with Remedy. All right, so to be part of the ACDC family, one of the things that uh, that helps uh, in terms of a criterion is um, to to have a complicated recording history. Uh, different album covers, different titles. Uh, it came out in Australia when it came out in North America when, um, and that's what goes on with Rose Tattoo. So they fit here. So this is off of their um, self-titled debut in Australia. Uh, it was recorded in November 78, so I'm not sure when it came out, but shortly thereafter. But we didn't get this in, in North America until it came out as Rock and Roll Outlaws way up into 1981. So I remember getting this. I believe mine was even a, a cutout copy, you know, with a, with a hole through the corner. Uh, but it's 1981, and uh, Rose Tattoo is kind of making their North American debut. Why? Because ACDC is massive, and these guys sound like ACDC. So this is a band that uh, was recorded by Vanda Young. Their first four albums, at least, uh, were all Vanda Young productions. Um, you know, uh, George Vanda and what's-his-name Young. Sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting it now. Um, anyways, they're, they're the production team around uh, ACDC as well. Um, and, you know, they're led by this guy, Angry Anderson, who is their, their own version, a more lethal version of Bon Scott, almost. Uh, this is a, this is like a short, tattooed, bald guy, tough guy. Uh, and so he's he's got that same sort of raspy voice, obviously, another another a way you have to be in this to be part of the ACDC family. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're a band that definitely sounds like ACDC, as you can hear from this song. A lot of the songs have that boogie rock and roll barroom feel. I remember... You know, one of the interesting things, one of my fondest memories is interviewing Malcolm Young in the hotel room the day after the massive Toronto Rocks concert. And one of the cool things he said is that in ACDC, you got to play your boogie because they have demanding, demanding fans that if you don't hit them right between the eyes with something they recognize right away, they're going to you're going to get bottled or or booed off the stage or or, or more violently uh, taken off the stage, maybe in a in a fight situation. So so Rose Tat two are definitely in this um in this oeuvre of having this boogie basis this old old time rock and roll rootsy basis to their sound uh acdc uh as well um a bit punky uh, and i also feel with rose tattoo this is this is a, a little bit of a novel idea is that they have a little bit of that show band sound uh, a, um, Australia had these show bands uh, with these ridiculous costumes and sort of a, a glam feel that comes from the uh, the UK glam situation from you know that that ran from about seventy one through to seventy five. Um, so there's this there's this show band past that is a link to UK glam and I think ACDC hard rock. Ireland had a lot of show bands as well that you feel a little bit in uh, in this in this band. So it's so it's partially show band, partially glam, 
you know, Slade, that kind of glam uh, that you hear a little bit in Rose Tattoo. So there are some kind of embarrassing sounds, some some kind of almost too poppy sounds in Rose Tattoo, but there's also this hoodlum punk sort of thing. The whole melange definitely makes this band feel like... Um, like part of the ACDC family. They're one of the undisputed part of the ACDC family because they totally sound uh, in, 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 this, in this family and they are actually from Australia on Albert Records recording with Vandy Young. Okay, so our second one, uh, let's take a listen. This is The Angels with Night Comes Early. All right, so this is my favorite band of everybody we're going to talk about. I love the Angels, a.k.a. Angel City in North America, almost as much as I love uh, ACDC themselves. Uh, Again, another Albert Records band, again recording for Vanda Young. To me, I've always considered these guys the thinking man's ACDC because you've got you've got Doc Neeson as a lyricist and vocalist up there singing about the French Revolution and and politics and being a little bit beat, being a little bit decadent, um, you know, definitely quite flowery with his words. Um, so you had this going on on top of uh, this this great ACDC sort of sound. And again, to be part of the family, uh, Angels totally fit because they have this complicated history. They've got kind of like a, um, a really retro, uh, you know, uh, amateurish debut to match ACDC's high voltage, the actual original high voltage ACDC. So they've got the Angels and ACDC. They make sense together. Um, and this band goes back almost as far as uh, as ACDC themselves. Then you have, um, you've got the No Exit album, classic album. Then there's, there's a face-to-face album, which, uh, you know, came out as face-to-face in North America, it it was the first North American release. Even that album cover was a little bit changed. And then even what this song comes from, Darkroom, which is my favorite album of theirs, um, it has a different album and a different track listing in uh, in Australia versus the one we got in North America. But in North America, we got the great face-to-face album with the likes of uh, After the Rain and, and Marseille, um, Take a Long Line. It was quite a hit album. I, I saw this band support um, the Kinks in Vancouver at, a, at, a, um, at the Pacific Coliseum. It might have been concert bowl situation but you know they were big enough to be uh to be backing up uh, the kinks which i thought was pretty cool um and uh and yeah it, it made quite a splash in canada you know what now that i think back on it i might have seen them back up the kinks and headline uh that place as a concert bowl not sure about that anyways they made quite a splash with their acdc sound a, a notorious notorious acdc sound because Basically, again, it was on the backs of ACDC's massive explosion with Back in Black and uh, and for those about to rock that the Angels, you know, you just couldn't deny them. It was such a cool album face-to-face when it came out. But this is from the follow-up. 
uh, dark room, and I just love it. And as you can tell, I, I mean, I purposely picked something that doesn't even sound particularly ACDC-ish, although it does have a little bit of that Celtic thing to it that ACDC does, and also that kind of note inversion thing uh, that they do. So I thought I thought Night Comes Early would be a really cool choice. Uh, then they went on, made lots and lots of records, uh, you know, adding quite a bit of variety to their sound as time went on. But there was always this core of where half of every album sounded like something from the from the ACDC family. So love these guys, the Brewster brothers. You know, there's a lot of drama in that they had a big falling out with Doc Neeson. Doc Neeson tragically died years later. I got to I got to interview him uh, before he died. It was a beautiful man. Um, and and the the Brewsters as well. I've interviewed them. Uh, great guys, but. Possibly not great guys. There's a lot of kind of subtext of uh, of uh, shenanigans going on. There's almost a little bit of that secrecy and the brothers situation that you also get with the young brothers and the closing up ranks around what they're doing and money problem fights and not airing your dirty laundry. But, you know, there is dirty laundry. Um, And then the Angels, the cool thing is they went on and they got a new lead singer later and they've made made some some really cool albums later on in life as well. And and lots of albums in the middle that have, you know, a a, a funny uh, release history. Um, But where was I on this? I think I've said everything I want to say about the the Angels, aka Angel City. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's take a break, and we'll be back with number three. All right, so back again on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Uh, this is episode forty-two, the ACDC family. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Crocus with Bad Boys Ragdolls. <laughs> All right, so this is the band that is the first band that comes to mind as the most ACDC band of all time. There's another one I'm going to mention later that might even sound even more like ACDC, um, but this is the band that is the most famous uh, sounding like ACDC. They made a big splash with this album. This was One Vice at a Time. They had a couple really weird albums that came out only in their native Switzerland. Uh, then they had the likes of, uh, what What do they? What do we got here? Hard, uh, Metal Rendezvous, Hardware. This is the ramp up. And again, riding ACDC's coattails because they sound so much like ACDC. Um, you know, it was just a funny thing thing for DJs to play on the radio. It's like, hey, listen to this, the new ACDC. They joke around about it and stuff. Um, uh, you know, and literally try to fool people that it actually was ACDC. Um, but this was their their big breakthrough album, One Vice at a Time, and it is the one that sounds the most like ACDC. Listen to the first track on this album, Long Stick Goes Boom. It's hilariously so much like ACDC. And of course, you have to have the type of vocalist to do this, um, to make it that way. And here we have Mark Storacci. Sounds totally like, like a cross between uh, Bon Scott and Brian Johnson almost. And then there's the whole story about how Mark was kind of tapped on the shoulder hey do you want to be the new singer uh, for ACDC when Bon Scott tragically died in that uh, um, drinking freezing to death in the car accident in uh, in uh, the UK I think it was London actually in, in the UK London um, but um, 
so he's one of the guys that was actually mentioned uh, to, to uh, you know, possibly as a replacement for Bon Scott. Uh, Jimmy Barnes, famous uh, ACD or, or Australian uh, singer, was mentioned. Uh, Dan McCafferty was mentioned from Nazareth. He'd be a perfect fit. Um, but, you know, at that point, Nazareth was probably, you know, as big as ACDC, if not bigger. Um so there were there were a number of guys. I, I've heard recently that Naughty Holder from Slade was mentioned as a possible a replacement, but of course we got uh, the Newcastle guy, uh, Brian Johnson from the from the band Jordy, uh, that took over. But uh, yeah, this album is chock full of ACDC sounding material, really gritty and uh, and vibrant and uh, you know ass kicking sound as you can hear on this song. Uh, after this, you know the the funny joke with Crocus is that they always said that um, you know bands we toured with uh, we ended up sounding like them. So after this, they had the Headhunter album, which was a little more technical metal, so it sounded like the Judas Priest of the day. And then after that, they went kind of hair metal because they backed up. Who did they back up? Def Leppard. Uh, so they had the likes of uh, Change of Address and Heart Attack, and they say you know it was a big mistake. We went kind of hair metal. Now they're a great band again doing kind of acdc kind of thing but they've they've grown into their own shoes with a lot of um you know great solid albums like uh hellraiser what the other one what's the other one called they got a lot of h's in them um but great band great guys um you know patched it up they had a lot of they had a lot of falling out between them as well um but yes very very acdc sounding there with bad boys rag dolls okay moving on Number four in our History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 42, the ACDC family. Take a listen to this. This is Heaven with Suck City. All right, so again, we have another band from Australia. These guys are from Sydney, formed in 1980. And again, complicated recording history. Uh, the first album uh, came out as Twilight in Mischief. Uh, it had a totally different cover to what we got. Um, I, I believe it, apparently it came out with the cover that we got in North America, but it was just a self-titled, so it was called Heaven. Um, but definitely in North America, when I got this record in 1983, um, it was, or 1982 possibly, uh, it was called Bent. So it was Heaven Bent, and it had this gritty picture of the guys on the cover, kind of a black and white shot, looking all tough. Uh, their lead singer is a guy named Alan Fryer. Uh, sadly, he is now deceased, but he had a good Bon Scott kind of voice to him. Uh, and as you can tell on this song, you know, not all their songs were very, very ACDC-ish, um, but this one definitely is. And another funny thing is they had a song called In the Beginning, uh, which was like their Let There Be Rock, they went through like they were playing they play in the beginning there was uh, Jimi Hendrix with Purple Haze and then he plays a little Purple Haze lick and then there was Deep Purple and then there was Smoke on the Water and he plays a little Smoke on the Water then he plays a little Led Zeppelin a whole lot of love in there I believe it was um, so they have this song that is kind of structured like a history of rock and roll like Let There Be Rock and of course in Let There Be Rock he actually says in the beginning um, 
back in 1956, I guess is what Bond says in that. So, um, so this is almost there, let there be rock, almost a, a jumping of the shark, uh, so to speak. We had an episode recently just called that. Um, and then after this, they only were good for uh, two more albums. They had um, Where Angels Fear to Tread and then Knocking on Heaven's Door. Um, you know, where, again, some ACDCness to it, um, but quite a variety of things they would do. So there'd be a little bit that sound a little more like, um, you know, Judas Priest. I suppose they sounded more like Crocus albums at that point. A little bit of Rose Tattoo, a little bit of ACDC. But yes, um, they, they fit right in here because of, um, you know, this pedigree of actually being from Austria. Okay, our last one. Uh, this is not a strong entry, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll explain a little bit because there's some others I could have picked. Uh, pretty obscure band. Take a listen to this. This is a German band called Bullet with One Way Ticket. All right, so yeah, kind of a kind of a not a great choice. This is a 1983-84. Again, a little bit of complication with their with uh, the stuff they put out. But the reason I wanted to pick these guys, so they're German. Um, you know, there's this there's this um, uh, the this sort of tradition of there being a few German bands that are a little ACDC ish. Uh, Swiss bands, of course, you know, going in that Crocus uh, slipstream, but also French bands. French bands had a little bit of, uh, you know, we used to say that there were a lot of biker rock bands from France, and and so there were bands that had a little bit of a ACDC slash Motorhead sound, and even Spanish bands that did that. So so there was this definite um, mainland European. Uh, ACDC love that, that was going around. So this band fits in there. They had a first al- album out uh, called Execution in 1981. This No Mercy one, I, I wanted to bring these guys in here because it's not as obscure as it might sound because, again, this was a band that this No Mercy album came out in North America and it made a little bit of a buzz. Believe it or not, songs off of this album, uh, there's a song called, what is it called? I sold my soul for rock and roll or to rock and roll. Uh, very glammy, quiet, riotish, but also very ACDC. That was a little bit of a hit on radio. Like we would hear this bullet band on the radio, believe it or not, coming up. Um, but they only had this one album that came out in North America. And of course, like preparing for this episode, I went through the whole album and there's quite a bit of cool little ACDC moves you hear on this. So that hit single, that's kind of the the glam origin ACDC that you hear with a big sing-along chorus. There's a couple of super fast ones on there that will remind you a little bit of like uh, like beating around the bush sort of song. Um, so yeah, they, they fit in here and again... Uh, you know, I got to reiterate, the reason they were on the radio was because they sounded like ACDC. So any band, any band that had anything like this, that had that ACDC vibe, uh, with ACDC being so massive around this time, uh, they, they could sneak onto the onto the radio with this a bit of novelty to them, i.e. Angel City, uh, Crocus, Bullet. Um, so that's it. So those are our five. And why I wanted to pick these five uh, is because I wanted to keep them in a tight time frame. So here we've got essentially, uh, you know, 
1979, let's say, through to 1984. So these are these are vintage. They're fitting properly in that original, uh, you know, ACDC uh, flight to fame. Um, but I did want to mention a few others, uh, and these can be broken up into three categories. And you never know. I may actually do an episode. I could do a second episode uh, on this concept moving into modern times. But before we move into modern times, there was one, uh, there were two bands that I could have used as replacements for this bullet, obscure entry, and that would be Accept, believe it or not. So Accept had the self-titled album with I'm a Rebel on it. And in my Accept book, there's a whole story, I'm kind of forgetting it now, but, but apparently this I'm a Rebel song, how did it work? There was one or two songs on there that were written by Vandy Young or something that, that were going to be ACDC songs, but but they went to accept instead, or they're written by... I can't remember who they're written by. Anyways, there's there's a song or two on that first album that that were like slated to be possible ACDC songs, and then they went to accept instead. So there's that strong connection there. There's the AC connection that they're in the same place in your record collection. Um, there's Udo's voice, which is very Bon Scott, Brian Johnson, this big scratchy, you know, uh, torrent of a voice. Um, but they also had this one album where there was a there was a lot of sort of four on the floor drumming and ACDC sort of uh, BPM type beats on it, um, and then even Restless and Wild has a little bit of ACDC, but it's a little bit more up tempo heavy metal. But then once you get to their uh, Balls to the Wall album, the song Balls to the Wall, you can play that in your head, I'm sure. Very ACDC, and there's a few others that are like that as well. So they really stripped down and went for these really straightforward beats on there, um, and then even on later albums there's a, there's a little bit of that going on but there's a little bit you know there's a light bulb that goes off in their head this is a band that is very much like Judas Priest crossed with ACDC um and it's interesting I mentioned that because that was uh that was uh, a, a famous thing that D Snyder always said about Twisted Sister right we were a band that was a cross between ACDC and uh and uh, Judas Priest. So you can actually go across those first few Twisted Sister albums, they only made a few, uh, and, and hear quite a bit of uh, ACDC love uh, on those records as well. So that's another band I could have brought in. Another band right from the exact same vintage that I could have brought in, Canadian band, Coney Hatch. Go play their, their debut album and their other two, and you can hear some some big, simple ACDC beats with some ACDC love on the guitars. Uh, you know, with that band, you hear that chatter back and forth. You've got the Malcolm versus Angus uh, dialogue going on between the guitarists. Well, in this band as well, you had uh, Steve Shelsky and uh, Carl Dixon, two guitarists. It's a twin guitar band, and you heard that uh uh, talk back and forth. It's a dialogue because sometime they're in lockstep and sometime they're a little bit off. You know, famously, this is a, this is a concept that uh, comes from uh, Ron Wood and Keith Richards. And, you know, they're, they're, um, the chatter, the dialogue between those two guitarists feeds through ACDC. Feeds through, uh, th- feeds through Coney Hatch, and uh, and arguably it's there within uh, Twisted Sister as well because they're a twin guitar band. They always wanted to be that sort of thing and play play those guitars in lockstep. So again, this comes from the inspiration of how so how great that sounds between Angus and Malcolm. Another one of the era. Uh, that is uh, that is an important one to mention is uh, the cult with electric. I mean, they were they came from a whole different world, but they arrived with this Rick Rubin album. It's a massive hit. There are some incredibly shameless, slavish 
ACDC things uh, uh, across that uh, that cult album, and and less so as the albums go on. Granted. Um, Moving into a later era, moving into the hairband era, there's two that are always mentioned. Uh, the massive one, probably the most AC, ACDC sounding band. Go play this stuff if you don't know this. It is hilarious. Uh, Rhino Bucket. Um, they have a self-titled debut. Uh, I was going to pick a song called I'd Rather Go Insane uh, to put in here. But then, you know, I, I found this way to uh, to keep it in a tight time frame. And then they have a second album called Get Used To It. I believe... Um, Somebody in Rhino Bucket, maybe it's the lead singer, transitioned from male to female the same way uh, Keith Caputo from Life of Agony did. I believe that's uh, that's a storyline uh, that these two bands have in common. Quite bizarre. Um, but anyways, yeah, Rhino Bucket. And then they made a bunch of other albums. I can't remember what they sounded like. But go play these two albums. It is hilarious, the guitar sounds and the vocals. You know, this was the band. This is the band literally as much as the, the single Crocus album. Uh, these two Rhino Bucket albums are considered just so close to ACDC. People used to joke that they could go on tour as ACDC. And then um, and then another one from the hairband era that always gets mentioned is Johnny Crash, Neighborhood Threat. Go take a listen to that. And then later on, we have this whole revival of, uh, of loving ACDC that comes along. The big band, of course, there is Airborne, uh, very ACDC sounding band. And of course, they are from Australia. Um, Dynamite Jet, even the darkness, uh, it gets talked about from the UK as, as having, you know, quite a bit of ACDC to what they do. So yeah, so there's a, there's a cool little uh, clutch of bands as an addendum um, to these bands that are right literally from the era and in a lot of cases from Australia. Just another note I wanted to mention, I mean, you know, it's easy to put in other Australian hard rock acts, especially earlier ones, into it, but they don't really fit. The big one is Buffalo, of course. They were famous for being a Vertigo band uh, from Australia. Uh, There's, what is there? There's uh, Colored Balls, Buster, Brown, and one of the earliest hard rock bands of all time, but not very heavy, but more of a psych hard rock band, Cavus Jute. I believe Bob Daisley has his roots back to that one, uh, but no, the uh, the the three the three the triumvirate are really Rose Tattoo, the Angels, and ACDC themselves uh, from that thing. Okay, so there you go. Uh, let let us wrap that up. You could go to our Facebook page on all this. Uh, we've we've got one for for this where we discuss um, history and five songs. You can go to my regular one, my other page. Go to martinpopoff.com. I'm uh, mailing out all the time uh, books from the office here. Um, I sign them. I ship them out. Um, So, yeah, all my books that are available, you can go to martinpopoff.com for that. There's PayPal buttons for Canada, U.S., and international there. Um, And that is about it. So so let's wrap this up. Go play some uh, ACDC alikes, or if you like ACDC, you'll like these bands. Uh, Until next time... um, yeah, go uh, go do some Aussie head. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR. Archaeology. Tweet us at R and R Archaeology. Ninety-two percent of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. Ninety-two percent because of a bike. 
not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.